0: You know cool <laughs> Driver <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to the Interstate Wrestling Podcast, the wrestling fan podcast that is bringing you on a journey of joy, fandom, adoration, nerdism, and complete enthusiasm for wrestling. It is WrestleMania season. I'm your co-host James.
0: And I'm Josh Mordecai. That's right. Sign pointing season is over. We are at the big show without the big show this year, but is WrestleMania weekend that time of year once again?
1: We are the Wrestling Fan Podcast that is just too big to fit one episode for WrestleMania season.
0: That's right. We do have a second episode coming out tomorrow. Special guest to join us to talk a little bit about some, uh, have a little bit of fun with WrestleMania weekend. So keep an ear out for that one.
1: There's definitely a uh, fever in the air, isn't there, Josh? And uh, it feels like there's something special afoot with everything that's going on and all of the stuff, all of the shows. We'll certainly spend some time digging into that. Obviously, before we uh, dive down that proverbial rabbit hole and talk about WrestleMania and what it's meant to us as fans and the matches and the years and the Mania weekend as a celebration, before we do dive down that rabbit hole, just wanted to uh, reflect back to our last episode, our bloodbath and beyond, because right as we recorded that and put that episode out, AEW Dynamite dropped that lights out unsanctioned match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And by Gods, what a match that was. Uh, you certainly call that as well, right, Josh?
0: Definitely, yeah. And uh, level of brutality in there, the amount that Britt Baker bled in that was unreal. Some really kind of cool spots in that. Thunder Rosa rolling her back into the thumbtacks as a way to break a submission. It's like a really cool kind of use of that. So that was a definitely fun match coming off that last episode we did.
1: It was kind of cool to see as well what it meant to them as wrestlers, the post-match sort of conversations. And Thunder Rosa was extremely emotional and just clearly very proud of the match she had just put out. And frankly, and to say genuinely, didn't matter whether it was male or female wrestling, it was just how proud the performance, the nature of the match had been put out. And that's going to be something that really stands the test of time, isn't it? You know, when, when you look back over the annuals of AEW in years to come, undoubtedly, I, I imagine that Britt Baker Thunder Rose match is going to be a real staple for what it did for AEW, for wrestling, and, and certainly the women's division.
0: Most definitely. Uh, and kind of redefining again in some ways What you could expect from a women's wrestling match I've kind of seen that grow exponentially over time uh, And adding that layer on a large scale is pretty great
1: We enjoyed the hell out of that, didn't we? We did, yeah You know, we certainly have, yet again Another sizable topic to chip off, don't we? <laughs> WrestleMania, 37 years of history So uh, what do you say, Josh? Why don't we hit the interstate and Dive down the journey of WrestleMania, Mania Weekend
0: Hell yeah, let's do it <laughs>
1: Wrestlemania, I mean, frankly put at this point, right, inarguably, one of the biggest brand names in sports, entertainment as a whole, people know Wrestlemania, don't they? Mm -hmm. You say Wrestlemania and it conjures up something I would confidently say for everybody, whether it be when you were younger and you were living through sort of the Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior era whether it be sort of the more modern days of like the john cena the rock type stuff wrestlemania is a big brand big time event Mm -hmm. sits next to statements like super bowl world series i don't think i'm being too hyperbolic there it's a big deal right
0: yeah as you start saying that i started thinking you know you hear you hear people say like this is the super bowl of this or this is the wrestlemania of this those two definitely are kind of In the same breath and i know there's people who they talk about like oh you like wrestling have you ever seen a wrestlemania and they mean like a house show but to them wrestlemania is a shorthand term for any wrestling event so that kind of becomes how ubiquitous that is that it's it's one and the same to some people every wrestling show is a wrestlemania
1: yeah that's very true i've even heard people sort of in conversations that i've been in as well people will say oh are you a fan of wrestlemania i am but I like the Royal Rumble and I like Sumo Slam too. <laughs> and I've been a little bit flippant. Right. <laughs> but it is, it's almost kind of a, it's got its own identity is, is the point, right?
0: Yeah. It becomes this weird catch-all for some reason.
1: Yeah. Of course, this year, WrestleMania 37. So I forget where we're at with the Super Bowls, but sort of in the 50s. So it's been around a good amount of time, hasn't it? Of course, 1985 was the, uh, the famous inaugural one. Nearly four decades of WrestleMania. Do you remember the first one you saw live, like got excited about the build-up, sat down, tuned in, was glued to? What
0: was the first one you saw air live? I feel like 9 was my first big live one. Ooh, controversial. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> right around the right time frame for that. I would have been 8 for WrestleMania 9. I was born the same year that WrestleMania itself was. So that was the one and that's when i go back to a lot it's not a great wrestlemania like i have the card right here it's that weird tatanka with sherry versus Shawn michaels with luna match doink versus crush which that incarnation of doink is great where he's the weird creepy clown doing the the clone thing the mirror spot in the ring and then ending with that horrible hulk hogan coming out and helping his best friend who he's never been seen with Bret heart to win back the title from the evil yokozuna not a great show but one that consistently sticks out in my mind headed on vhs so watched it a million times when i was a kid so i think that's my first one i remember i guess live right at the time how about you i think
1: probably eight funnily enough just the year before part of that like i think i've mentioned on perhaps our first episode the wwf at the time didn't really explode until sky satellite television came about and i want to say we got it around 1990 1991 now mania 9 is 93 right 8 is 92 which is all in that SummerSlam 92 at wembley era to some degree points that i've made before as well some of them are so familiar because the amount of time obviously we've gone back and watched them Mm -hmm. six especially for example Mm. i think i saw seven live but I wouldn't hang my hat on it. I definitely, absolutely vividly remember eight and the build up to eight and it being on at like midnight and it being, right. you know, having all like the snacks and sitting up and it just being crazy. That would have been 92, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely 92. And that's that Randy Savage Ric Flair show with that whole weird build
1: yeah it's a good show eh? and uh, we'll get into some of our favorite manias won't we Mm -hmm. Uh, and to jump around for a second nine is vivid for me because of the spectacle of it being outside in caesar's palace and i and i have to say that's where las vegas really hits my radar as a place and what it sort of existed as you know what i mean
0: sure like that's the first big event in vegas that you were kind of aware of you mean
1: yeah big time and it had everything didn't it i mean as we talk about how Mania has evolved over the years and, and different aspects out sort of the big stage sets, things of that nature, WrestleMania 9 for me is the seed of that. I think it's where like this big pageantry, a big theme, you know, it wasn't a big stage at the end of a stadium because of course it was a purpose-built stadium, purpose-built arena, outdoor arena mm-hmm. at Caesars Palace, wasn't it? But it had so much of the dressing, all the Roman garb to it. It was an interesting show for that, but um, we will certainly dissect a couple WrestleManias, I'm I'm sure, won't we?
0: Yeah. Some of the things with Nine, and you're talking about the pageantry that I always come back to, too, is all the stuff with, like, Finkus Maximus and Bobby Heenan coming out and the Toga backwards on the camel. Like, all that, like, really kind of goofy, over-the-top Roman-themed stuff. Caesar himself coming out and cutting a promo. All that. That's, like, just so seared into your memory as that pageantry you're talking about.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we're we're pretty close in timeline there, where WrestleMania becomes a living, breathing thing. Meaning we get excited about it, we watch the build up, we're glued to the the show starting. Right, that's pretty close in timeline. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite Manias over the years, and what really stand out over the course of it? Do you remember the ones that you were just that you were just really excited about and still excited about? What are the Manias that you go back to and watch these days?
0: Uh yeah, I mean X Seven is the one that always sticks out with that uh rock austin main event that was a time where my friends and i were consistently like getting together and pitching in money to get pay-per-views and like rotating between houses and ordering pizzas and everything so that was just kind of i mean it's generally held as a great show by most people as being probably the best mania of the uh attitude era at the very least but that one just kind of for the memory of it and being kind of a touchstone of that time is definitely up there some real kind of attitude era nonsense and then 13, another great Bret Hart Steve Austin match, the kind of that one you see with the bloody Steve Austin and he passes out instead of tapping out and kind of building this incredible feud, incredible ending, made Steve Austin look incredible. That's another one that that match specifically kind of sticks out to me. I was thinking this morning, I feel like I have more moments or matches than I do shows for WrestleMania, weirdly. So when I think of WrestleMania, I end up thinking more of moments than anything else. I'll talk about a few of those in a minute. Do you have any specific manias?
1: Yeah, I, I, again, I, I think I'm going to have to be a bit of a stickler to my original fandom and some of that classic era. Yeah. Eight is it for me, probably because of the convergence of all the elements. It's the one, as we just discussed, was completely vivid in my mind. It lived and breathed in my mind. I sat down and watched it. I was subscribing to the WWF magazine at the time. So I saw the whole build-up between sort of Ric Flair and Macho and the doctored photos. Mm -hmm. It looked like a massive show being in the Dome. I love that. I go back and watch that a ton. Money, Inc. versus The Natural Disasters, Roddy versus Brett, Ric Flair versus Macho. You know, ironically, I was a Hogan fan, as I guess most of us were as kids, right? Oh, yeah. The letdown of WrestleMania 8 is that he didn't defend or have the belt at the end of it that he'd done for the previous seven WrestleManias, right. <laughs> you know. But we certainly got a uh, a much better trade-off with the match that we got with Rick and Macho. Oh, definitely, yeah. Of a more recent time, I do go back and watch 33 a bunch, the Orlando one, because the visual spectacle of that. <laughs> speaking back to our first episode, there's a bloody roller coaster on the stage. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know, it's the best mania in terms of all of the matches and stuff. The the Hardy Boys surprise return and winning the tag match in the ladder match was great. Mm -hmm. But I just like the aesthetic and the look of 33. Similar vein, what was the one in San Francisco where it was Triple H versus Sting?
0: Uh, 31.
1: 31, thank you. Similar deal with that. There's some low points in that show match to match.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I just like the aesthetic of it. Triple H's entrance, with the Terminator gimmick is phenomenal. Oh, that's right. I guess I, I do gravitate back to a lot of those first seven or eight or nine classic manias.
0: I think with you saying eight there kind of harkens back to that thing of like, that's what really hooked you into it in the first place. So that kind of becomes your kind of your blanket, right? For comfort. You know, you know that one's reliable. You have the special bond to it because it was your first one. Same reason I enjoy nine, even though it's not the best mania by far
1: that's well said that's exactly what it is it's the nostalgia that lives with it right absolutely let's jump around moments and matches and highlights and things of that nature because as you said it's hard to it's hard to go back and see full shows in a full sitting at this point isn't it because some of them are five six hours long at this point i mean that's a that's a full time commitment i i certainly jump around matches i'll throw on a mania and think oh i want to watch daniel bryan versus kofi kingston sure well you, you know whatever yeah Chat me up on your your highlights over the years. What are standout moments in Mania for you?
0: Yeah, um, going back kind of the same time frame we're talking about, that opener from 10 with Brett versus Owen is always just an incredible match. The storytelling of it, the finish is great. That's when I'll go back and watch over and over and over again. I mean, we all know how I feel about Bret Hart in general, but that match with Owen is incredible. Same with the... Daniel Bryan, uh, Mania 30 match, that moment at the end is something that just like really sticks out. That's something you can like close your eyes and see, you know, hands up, winning the match, celebrating, all that. This like huge moment that nobody really saw coming. Those are two matches that I really enjoy. And then just think about ones that like really like in the moment felt huge. The number one that comes to mind is seeing the streak end, seeing Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker. Which seemed like, I mean, how many false finishes have there been over the years with, oh my god, this might be the one, but you know it's not going to be the one, and all of a sudden, it actually happens. And you could kind of like see the air get sucked out of the crowd at that point. Yeah. Such a, an incredible, wild thing to see in the moment. So that one really uh, sticks out too.
1: Let's talk about that for a second, because I'm, I'm curious what your uh, your opinions and maybe kind of your emotional opinions about the streak and, and that whole thing there's plenty been said, and there's plenty to watch, listen, read about the streak and it ending. What's your opinion of it? What's your opinion about it ending? What's your opinion about who ended it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm of two minds of it ending. Um, I think it could have been incredible to have this, you know, 30 and 0, undefeated, will never be matched type streak, especially, I don't think it would work with a character other than the Undertaker, where he's this kind of undead, unbeatable force who just keeps coming back and keeps winning. I could also see it, like I see the benefit of ending it uh, as a way to like really build up somebody to kind of take that spot. I don't know that I love that it was Brock Lesnar. I think it definitely added to the kind of feel that now Brock Lesnar is the unstoppable force and let him have those kind of title runs that he had. I think it could have been interesting to do it with somebody who was going to be kind of the face of the company for a little bit longer but that's just an overall, I think, problem with WWE is trying to build somebody who can be that face that would be a good option to take that from Taker. I think Lesnar makes the most sense given the kind of field of applicants they had at the time.
1: Part of my bias to the situation around the streak is I'm not a Brock Lesnar fan. He and his character don't sell for me, and I, I just never have been able to get into it. So I've kind of got this unexplainable bias other than that i'm just not a fan and i can't really qualify it for you Mm -hmm. and as a fan of the undertaker from the beginning of his career and from being an original wrestling fan going to the gmex the greater manchester exhibition center in manchester as as a kid to see a house show where the undertaker came out and watching him walk the ropes in front of my eyes the undertaker has always been something pretty special for me and it's undeniable that with a supernatural or undead type persona what he's been over the years that I I guess I'm not sure why it needed to end it was interesting listening to you say you can kind of see reasons behind doing it parts of my brain definitely accept that sure his conversation with Steve Austin on the broken school sessions is really good about this because he himself as I recall from watching it says the same thing why did it need to end it was something special and unique to him And certainly if it was going to end, it should be to put somebody over that was going to be special that needed that push. Mm -hmm. And Brock Lesnar definitely does not fit that profile for me. It will be something that's not matched because who has won that amount of matches that consecutively? Who now in the industry will be at, I don't know, you know, 17, 25 consecutive WrestleManias, whatever it might be. It could have just been something that lived forever that was special. So I, I, I suppose I'm a little bit salty about it is the truthful statement.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the other question is, who are they going to put the loyalty and faith and trust in to start that? I, it kind of happened organically with The Taker, where at some point they realized like, oh, we just he's never been booked to lose. Right. And now we have this streak going, we should start playing that up. But is there anybody that they're going to kind of put that same thought into who's currently around or upcoming?
1: I think he got sort of 10 or 11 wins in, didn't he? Before somebody actually cottoned on. It was like, oh oh shit, you've won 11 out of 11 Mania appearances. And then it was like, "Yeah, now we should retain this.
0: Right. So if if somebody else just kind of lucks into it, and is that something that maybe happens once Vince is gone and somebody else comes in with maybe a slightly different perspective on who they're putting a lot behind?
1: Yeah, agreed. It is a very significant Mania moment, the streak, isn't it? Bears drilling into a little bit. Yeah, definitely other mania moments or other mania moments that perhaps don't sell as well for you that you thought why is this on a mania card
0: yeah i mean a lot of the musical interludes or like the ads that they do tend to especially when you end up with you know you have kid rock out there for 13 minutes <laughs> and then somebody else gets a two and a half minute match <laughs> right like let's let's use our time wisely folks right uh then some of the stuff that they do that at the time i was like oh that's kind of fun and then looking back and i'm like eh. Maybe it's because it was it was mania, right? Kind of puts that luster on it, like the projection on the ring in that Bray Wyatt Randy Orton match where there's maggots and then cockroaches, <laughs> and I don't know something else, or Braun Strowman pulling the child out of the crowd to win the tag belts. Stuff that's kind of like silly fun in the moment, and fact you're like, well, I don't, I don't know if I if I love that now. One of the things that was hilarious and is still hilarious is the one year in the Under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Or the arm bar, as people online like to call it, the Andre Rusimov, Rusimov Memorial Battle Royal, Gronk jumps the guardrail, and somebody hadn't hipped the uh, security guard there that he was gonna do it. So as part of the match, he jumps the guardrail, and the security guard comes up and she like pushes him back back against the guardrail, holds him off, and people have to run over and be like, No, this is this is planned, this is part of it, let him in. Like, she, they had to restrain the security guard from ruining this WrestleMania moment for Gronk. <laughs> All-time WrestleMania moment for me. It was so funny at the time. It's still hilarious today. 10 out of 10 to that particular security guard. I hope she gets work forever.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. It's funny talking about those moments that you kind of watch and they seem great in the moment. And then you maybe scratch your head for a second but then for me, the example that I'll give in a second, then come full circle. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the show you mentioned already. WrestleMania 17, I'm sorry, X7 (laughs) is the gimmick battle royale. Oh yeah. Why have we not seen more of that? (laughs) Why is that not, (laughs) why is that not a perennial thing on the Mania card? You know, just seeing the likes of, Doink come back, yeah. Duke the Dumpster Drossy come back, yeah <laughs> Kamala was back, one man gang, Repo Man. Yeah. Poor Repo Man. What what happened to the the complete catastrophic demise of demolition that somebody thought your character should be uh somebody that's uh repossessing cars now?
0: <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah. I thought something the other day where people were like, Repo Man isn't even that bad of a guy, he's just doing his job. <laughs> like, why is he a <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And do you know why? Do you know why the Iron Sheik won that battle royal?
1: I believe I do. My understanding is Sheik couldn't take bumps anymore or was declining to take bumps and wouldn't go over the top rope, so he was booked to win it.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah, he was not able to go over the top, so he had to win it, which is perfect. <laughs> like I, <laughs> No notes. 10 out of 10 ending on that one.
1: The other notable fact to that match as well is they brought all of the classic commentators back, didn't they? You know, Keenan yeah. was on the desk. Gene Oakland was on the desk. For the celebration of Mania, that sort of idea is a nice sort of comedic gimmick interlude to, you know, maybe some of the more serious matches is perfect. It was the right relief on uh, X7 for me.
0: Definitely, yeah. And like you said, something that they could bring back any year and not just put on like a Raw Retro show or whatever on a Monday night.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point. Rather than do the Raw Retro, it feels like it might be better served. I mean, they've got plenty of legends show up because they do the Hall of Fame spot, all the rest of it. I guess it's who can get in the ring. But as we've just established, even if you can't take bumps, you can win the Royal. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) To stick with shouting out some moments that I think are special for Mania for a second, and they're probably going to be obvious ones, There's certainly matches that I go back to. There's a trio, and again, perhaps obvious to reflect. The two Undertaker, Shawn Michaels matches, 25-26. That's right, yeah. With the Heaven and Hell, and then the retirement match. They're really special. I mean, the first one is good. The second one is great. I'm fascinated by the chemistry of that as well. Again, thinking a little bit about interviews and articles we've read over the years that Taker and Sean didn't particularly get along, frankly, but yet always managed to construct these incredible matches, the original Hell in the Cell. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And I think they have kind of a redemption or a reunification in their relationship. Sean goes through his own sort of literal and proverbial rebirth, doesn't he? He sort of finds his religion and sort of, you know, gets clean and sober and all of the rest of it. Oh, yeah. And those two matches are sort of the brilliant bookend to to two incredible talents.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely.
1: I was never a massive fan of Sean, but I think that's because he did his job. He was such a good, irritating heel. Mm -hmm. He was so abrasive. When I say I wasn't a fan of him, I think because he did his job. I also love the Ric Flair retirement match. That's so special.
0: Yeah, and talk about iconic moments that... I love you. I'm sorry. Just before the final super kick and then you see when he pins him that Rick, Rick Flair is crying like the whole thing it's such like an incredible moment to end a match.
1: Yeah. Dancing a little bit back through history. Shawn again, the Razor Ramon Shawn Intercontinental title match. Phenomenal. Absolute classic.
0: Yeah, and your your first big letter match introducing so many people to that concept with that match,
1: right? That was WrestleMania 10, wasn't it as well?
0: It was, yeah. Yep. Along with the previously mentioned randy savage crush match <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a wild show it's kind of all over the place
1: a- acknowledging previously noted wrestlemania matches as well i love the gold Dust roddy piper match it's so ridiculous it's so well delivered because it's just ridiculous
0: oh for sure and then the bronco chase footage cut throughout the show that's a great combination of like kind of pre-cinematic cinematic match there's some definite brutality in it it's goofy and over the top mm. it's got some of the kind of uncomfortable of its time stuff in it like it's just kind of encapsulates everything of that era in one match for sure
1: absolutely we could fill hours couldn't we sort of reminiscing and being nostalgic about all the spots there's there's so many dimension yeah i think what's important to obviously talk about as we acknowledge is the experience that mania has become it isn't just wrestlemania anymore the wwe have boxed up their own product of what goes on throughout the weekend Mm -hmm. you know with the access shows and you know now since nxt being about there's a takeover involved it's become such a destination it's become such a Mm -hmm. a, almost like a comic-con of of the wrestling world really And then factoring all the indies getting on board, WrestleCon. I mean, the experience now is more than just WrestleMania, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of, it started with WrestleMania and that became WrestleMania weekend. And now it's kind of WrestleMania week. I mean, when you look at, obviously it's going up at the tail end of Mania week. And full disclosure, we're recording the Saturday before Mania. So a lot of what we're talking about hasn't happened yet. But we got the Go Home Raw. You got two nights at NXT. You've got the Hall of Fame. You've got, like you said, all the indie shows. You've got Saturday and Sunday of Mania. Then you've got the Raw after Mania. You've got SmackDown, which I forgot to mention. Like there's even ignoring the indies, which we'll definitely talk about momentarily. There is something related directly to WrestleMania every night for a week right now.
1: It's crazy, isn't it?
0: It really is.
1: The amount of time, the commitment to that is hours, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I would guess 18, 20, 22 hours of content over the next week, just WWE. I mean, that's that's a part-time job to sit down and watch all that, right?
1: (laughs) It is. It is indeed. It's great for fans, though, to have that. And especially with some of the adjunct or the things that have come about, like the WrestleCon and things of that nature, Mm -hmm. you know, Going back to what we sort of discussed on our first episode, how we became fans and these, in essence, superheroes that lived and breathed in front of you, they weren't just, you know, flying around on a movie screen. They were jumping off top ropes uh, in your local, you know, local hall or local arena. And fast forward to what WrestleMania has become, and, you know, acknowledging what it is, is it's a big business. You can get up close and personal with the stars of yesterday and today, meet and greets, indie shows that are happening in these sort of, convention environments access in itself for being the wwe version of a convention is great mm-hmm. i had the opportunity to experience it around wrestlemania 35 and we just uh we just did the general admission ticket which was like i don't know 30 bucks something like that you got your time slot entry we definitely didn't do any of like the premium meet and greets but they've got like this you know wrestlemania museum mm-hmm. you can go to like piper's pit you can go to brutus's barber shop mm-hmm. they had one of the halls with a ring in and it was like the nxt performance center nxt uk uh stars and, and just wandering around and to be amongst the fans and take in the energy and buzz that mania weekend is it's become a living breathing thing i, I guess i keep using that phrase right
0: yeah and like you said that kind of being this like it almost sounds like like a Summer camp for wrestling fans, type, or like a day camp for wrestling fans, type thing, right? Like, you got all the stuff to see. You could go and commentate a match. You could go look at the cage. You could make like a popsicle stick Vince McMahon. Like, you got all these things to do there. And, like you said, just go in and spend a little bit of time between shows or whatever.
1: Even in light of how strange the past 12 months has been, again, cautiously staying away from the fact that we are not a COVID 19 podcast, right? It's amazing to see what's coming together for this year. There's modifications and there's changes to it. And of course, no access because gatherings of people and, you know, meet and greets for the the wrestlers, you know, there's precautions around that. But there's an absolute shitload of stuff coming together. Uh, as you just mentioned, even if you only factor the WWE product, there's 18, 20 hours of content to watch starting Tuesday night through Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's a massive amount of content. hmm Let's take a look at what's going on for this WrestleMania, shall we? Definitely. The big show, the other WWE products, the indies. I mean, there's loads. I keep saying the same point. There's just so much going on that I think as we both thought about our conversation today, dare I say it was a little overwhelming, I guess, in the surprising sense. It was like, my God, there's shitloads going on.
0: Yeah. To so the point that when we were kind of texting before the show started, you sent me just a picture of your notes. and I was like, oh my God, I forgot about NXT and all my other preparations. It was an easy one to catch up on, but just to leave out two nights worth of like WWE content because we're so busy looking at everything else going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Before we, uh, we do dive down into uh, the current Mania weekend, mm-hmm. what do you make of the Hall of Fame? Do you have any uh, opinions as a fan about the legitimacy or bona fide of the Hall of Fame? You know, thinking about wrestling fans and our divided opinions. Is it a Hall of Fame if there's no brick and mortar? Where do you stand on the Hall of Fame as a whole?
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually watched, especially live, a Hall of Fame show. I've kind of caught some clips that they show during Mania or whatever. It's kind of fun to see. I actually tend to prefer the kind of packages they put together when they announce who it is more than the show itself. Right, Right. these kind of honorific pieces are usually fun to watch. And again, super nostalgic, especially now that we're inducting people who were like my era like when they started I had never seen a big cat Ernie Ladd match so him going into Hall of Fame I was like oh that's cool I guess <laughs> uh, and then this year's RVD I'm like oh yeah I've I've seen RVD live like this is kind of a fun thing to do I think once they figure out where to get a physical location then like the type of memorabilia would be fun to see there for sure
1: I guess there are discussions about if what I've read is remotely true, there are discussions about it potentially being down in Florida, down in the Orlando area, which makes total sense. The tourism that Florida brings, for the other obvious reasons, yeah, the presence of wrestling in Florida, that would make a lot of sense. I agree. I tend to think the show itself is probably more for for the wrestlers, for the business, than it maybe is for the for the fans. Mm-hmm. It's them celebrating each other. We did go to the Hall of Fame show i guess is what it is right we did go to the hall of fame show for mania 35 weekend the mania that i went to with my sister in part because we were a little bit uneducated at the time i have to say honestly going on at the same time across town at madison square garden was the uh, ring of honor new japan show I guess the phrase, if I knew then what I know now, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was cool to experience once. And certainly we had some fireworks at that Hall of Fame show because it was the uh, Bret Hart, Jimmy Anvil, Neidhart, Hart Foundation induction yeah. that um, the fan took Brett out in the ring. Oh, wow. So that was, uh, I don't know what the word would be. That was horrible to watch, I suppose, live.
0: Yeah. What was kind of the, the reaction of people around you when that happened?
1: Could hear a pin drop in the arena. Really? Oh, yeah oh yeah, he took the air out of the room. Yeah. It was weird, I guess, if I think back to it reflecting just for a moment. Right. The guy came from sort of over the right-hand side of the arena, straight over the barrier into the ring, and that sort of happened super quickly. Several people got in the ring very, very quickly. They got him out, and then there was sort of like this, like, what the fuck is going on? You definitely thought, I I hesitate to say this, because I don't know if I I even believe this as I'm saying it myself, but Mm -hmm. you kind of thought, is this a gimmick? Is this a spot? Is it something to do? And it it, it was so out of context, of course it wasn't. It was obvious it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Your brain was trying to rationalize it, I guess, right? And then they got him out of the ring. And what was going on from that point is they dragged the guy out of the arena. The story is worth sort of reflecting just from an experience, but not to spotlight that the crazy situation happened. Yeah. He was, he was quickly moved out and you, you know, the WWE is a professional juggernaut of entertainment, isn't it? I mean, they yeah. got the show right back on the rails and was like, probably within five minutes, it was back to business as usual. And for the moment it happened, it was definitely, you could have heard a pin drop in the room.
0: I'm sure a lot of people, because there's the whole thing, the reason why his match with Physic McMahon at WrestleMania was what it was, is because he had to retire because of kind of how, I mean, he could die if he takes a bump wrong at this point. Right. That's wild. And there's that video of one of the members of the revival getting his shots in on the guy as they drag him out of the arena. I don't know if you've seen that. They did not take him carefully out of the arena, which, yeah, that's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was the revival, Davy Boy Jr., I think Teddy Hart was down on the floor as well, who is uh...
0: not known for making good decisions, Teddy Hart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's very well said. Yeah, exactly.
0: There's a, a great Twitter account that's just, is Teddy Hart in jail? <laughs> and they just give you consistent updates of if Teddy Hart is currently in jail or not.
1: I like the idea that the Hall of Fame recognizes the legends of the sport we've grown to love. You know, even if there was a brick and mortar building, unless they build it in my backyard, (laughs) how often am I going to be able to go anyway? So I don't think exclusively that detracts. It would be nice to go to have a place to see the memorabilia, you know, have a big, massive merchandise store, things of that nature, have it be a bit of a a museum, almost for for celebrating.
0: Yeah, and use that. I mean, you mentioned Orlando. Use that same Disney model where your merch store is on the exit of the Hall of Fame, right? Exit
1: through the gift shop.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's take a look at this WrestleMania season. Mm-hmm. There is so much to pick apart here. Maybe we should start at the top, Josh. Two nights of the Big Show. Sure. Interestingly enough, just before we uh, we take a peek at what's uh, what's on deck for this Mania this show has been really slow to come together hasn't it it's felt a bit slapdash would you agree with that
0: absolutely yeah and recording this the week before like we may be missing something because who knows they just moved the andre battle royal to smackdown i think friday night they made that announcement so now that's not on the pre-show anymore so card subject to change between now and actually the first day of mania but i really like i'm not sure what stories for the most part have really been built in the last three weeks since vastly there is one on night two that i'm pretty excited about (laughs) (laughs) uh let's
1: uh let's take a look at the cards and so night one saturday april 10th night two sunday april 11th so on the first night and this is interesting because i believe it is gonna open the event and i see the reason why and i'm kind of thrilled about this i'm not sure i am Fully excited about the match, which I'll get into in a second, but it's placement and the rationale do. So allegedly opening the show on night one is Bobby Lashley defending the WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre. I don't love Bobby Lashley. Again, just doesn't sell for me for whatever the reason might be. But I love Drew and Drew absolutely gets over for me. And... This clearly is designed, I hope it is because I'm going to be screaming at the TV if it isn't. (laughs) Hopefully this is designed to put the WWE Championship back on Drew and to do so in front of live fans and give him the biggest spot, the first match on the card on the night and get the reaction of what fans will be there live in person. He put on such a display of humility and grace and and sheer emotion winning it in the Performance Center last year. Mm -hmm. I hope this is staged to reward him for that. So. I can kind of rationalize the placement on that. You've also got the the SmackDown Women's Championship, Sasha versus Bianca Belair. I'm excited for that. You've got Bad Bunny versus The Miz. I can't understand what that's about. (laughs) Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Thank goodness Cesaro is getting his moment. You've got the Raw Tag Team Championship, the New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos. Come on, AJ Styles deserves a much bigger spot than this. I love the New Day, but what is this, burying him in a tag team? Yeah. And then Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman in a steel cage so that Shane McMahon can throw himself headfirst off of any object available.
0: Or Braun Strowman will throw him through the side of the cage. <laughs> then we get we get Shane's weird cage destruction and a, a strongman spot for Braun. Right. <laughs> or both. Why not both? It's mania.
1: <laughs> yeah. Go big or go home, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. What do we got on
1: night two, Josh?
0: Night two, we are looking at US Championship. We got Riddle versus Sheamus, which could be fun, as long as Riddle doesn't forget what he's doing and just kind of scoot off before the (laughs) match starts. (laughs) Uh, We got our Raw Women's Championship. We got Asuka versus Rhea Ripley, which should be a super fun show, or a match. Uh, We have my pick for your night two cinematic (laughs) match is going to be the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Now we got this melty Fiend and that match that Orton had with Alexa Bliss, where she like telekinesis pulled the lighting rig down, that might be our cinematic match for at least night two. Big E versus Apollo Cruz, which could be a really fun match.
1: That just got a stipulation added as well, I believe, last night. Oh, that's right, yeah.
0: Nigerian drum fight.
1: Exactly. Apparently, no rules, no limitations, just a beating so loud it sounds like a drum.
0: <laughs> That is phenomenal. <laughs> that, that's <laughs>
1: if that's not marketing at its single best, then I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so now I'm excited for a Nigerian drum fight. <laughs> uh, then we have, and this is a match I'm legitimately excited for, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Yeah. I mean, magic every time. The thing with Kevin last night saying, I'm going to keep trying to like drag you back into reality, and if I can't, I'll I'll beat some sense into you. That whole story is phenomenal. Yeah. And then your night two main event, Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, Kind of this renewed, refreshed Edge saying you finally found the rated R superstar again. So that's your night two. And I can see, like you were saying with putting it on, on Drew, I could see Edge walking out of there with the title on night two. Kind of give him that moment. Now he's returned, give him another quick title run probably doesn't have a lot of time left in his comeback so i could definitely see uh edge walking out as champion after that three-way
1: i agree and i am gonna go so far to make a speculation on the booking of that match it was a smart idea to throw daniel bryan into the mix on that Mm -hmm. obviously because daniel bryan is great and deserves to be on a significant mania spot i'm glad that's happening but um i think it's time for roman to drop the belt to continue to push this character this sort of thug angry disenfranchised angry guy that he's playing and finally roman getting booked in a really good way mm-hmm. i think it's time for him to drop the belt and with the triple threat he can drop the belt and still be protected because it means edge can pin daniel Bryan. yeah that's a really smart way to book it
0: and it like you said it gives reigns this kind of additional layer of i never lost
1: exactly he can go off like a, excuse the pun, he's going to go off like a Roman candle, isn't he? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would not be surprised if that's the exact way it goes down. And something like he spears, he spears Brian, Edge spears him, pins Brian, something where Romans knocks out Brian and Edge steals the pin. Could be something kind of cool with that too.
1: It's sort of been set up that way over the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? Since Fastlane where Edge's. um sort of straddling sort of this heel face character he's pissed off Brian's taking his moment like it's poised to sort of it's got the right ingredients to sort of deliver something like that so I am definitely excited for the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn. that's going to be a standout match for me as well because you're right you said it they just produce gold
0: oh yeah and just like I said the stuff with Kevin just desperately trying to save his friend from this like conspiracy theory rabbit hole he's fallen down it's just like a really nice piece of storytelling for me
1: yeah yeah agreed
0: i gotta say night one jumping back to that for a second one of the big standouts there is uh sasha bianca when you hear our show coming out tomorrow this was almost one of my choices when i was thinking about what we talk about tomorrow to be excessively kind of cryptic with it i thought that this would be a great matchup and then i remembered that it's actually on the card so i think it could be a really fun match
1: it might actually be the the show stealer. I think, I don't know the formal running order by any means, but I think, or, or it would make sense that that actually main event's night one because it's, it's set to be a show stealer, isn't it? Absolutely. That's the grandest stage, as it alleges. I'm excited about the takeover, Stand and Deliver, because that is just solid front to back. There doesn't appear for me to be any filler on this Let's do a quick dance through the cards, shall we? So we've got night one on Wednesday, April 7th, and night two, Thursday, April 8th. So flipping through what is proposed at this point for night one, you've got the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez. That's going to be great. I love Io Shirai, and Raquel Gonzalez has been, uh, been shaping up to be amazing. Definitely. Probably the match on, again, there's no filler here, but I'm really excited about this match, the NXT UK Championship. Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa. They might need a body bag for this one. (laughs) You've got the NXT Tag Team Championship triple threat match. MSK versus Grizzled Young Veterans versus Logado del Fantismo. Fantisma. Then you've got the Gauntlet Eliminator for the opportunity at the North American Championship. The opportunity at Johnny Gargano on the next night. So far indicated to be in it, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Leon Ruff, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and LA Knight. And then I believe Kushida versus Pete Dunne has been added to night one, which, uh, again, no filler. That's going to be a match too.
0: Yeah, that's. I think the Kushida-Dunne match is my my match of the night for night one. As great as everything else is going to be, that's just like... A friend of mine years ago, when I said I hadn't seen uh, the show Arrested Development yet, said, you know how people talk about something being up somebody's alley? This is just your alley. (laughs) I feel like Pete Dunne versus Kushida is absolutely my alley. Like, so excited for that match on night one.
1: Kushida can do no wrong by my eyes either because of his Back to the Future gimmick. So (laughs) he just gets, you know, elevated for those
0: reasons alone. Yeah. That tag match is going to be super fun, too.
1: The takeovers deliver, don't they? Again, excuse the pun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it's one of the smartest things that they've done with WrestleMania week is to move this off of that Friday or Saturday. So it's not an immediate comparison because they would do takeover on Saturday and it would be incredible all the way through. And then they do like a nine hour mediocre mania Sunday night. And it made it look all the worse because of how good t- uh, TakeOver was the night before. So moving this to a couple days before the main show is a very smart move on their part, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What do we got for night two?
0: Night two we got for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. We got Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus The Way, Kenneth LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell has been killing me the past couple weeks. She is so funny in, uh, even on when she does the Instagram takeovers on the NXT. When her like weird thing with Dexter Loomis and they're in like the therapy session and Candice said the thing about like this guy's sick. He likes to choke people and Indy gets this look on her face. Like she's been so good recently. So that's gonna be a fun match. We got Johnny Gargano versus the Gauntlet Eliminator winner for the NXT North American Championship. Definitely have a prediction on who that Gauntlet Eliminator might be related to what I just said. Um, I could see Dexter Loomis coming out and then that being the the challenge. Yeah. We have a ladder match as uh, indicated by Shawn Michaels, who, like you mentioned, and they mentioned on the show, knows a thing or two about ladder matches. We got Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar, the NXT Cruiserweight Champion versus the Interim Cruiserweight Champion to determine the undisputed champion in that ladder match. And that has some potential to be super fun, too. Then we got, uh, I think, my match for the night, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly in an unsanctioned match. Potentially be one of the best matches uh, over both nights. And then your, I would assume, main event for the championship, you got Finn Balor versus carrion Cross in uh, the match for the NXT championship. Yeah. Which is gonna be fun i'm not a huge fan of the um carrying crosses entrance that's such like a nitpicky thing like the match is gonna be great but the i don't know there's just something about it that is not my favorite <laughs> but the match will be good
1: it's stacked it's just such a well put together card isn't it and uh it really is your point is well said that the takeovers get crafted to be such good pay-per-view events the builds are there the matches uh are- all thriller, no filler, maybe a uh, maybe a catchphrase that I'll steal, <laughs> and then you know, like a a Mania on the next night that's kind of you know too long and, and too mediocre. I do think it's interesting that there are smaller amounts of matches across the two main nights of Mania, and and hopefully some opportunity for some really good matches so that the events can be recognised as distinct rather than like oh, Takeover was so good last night as you sat watching WrestleMania, you know, right? So from there, then Josh, there is a an Aladdin's cave, a complete spoil of riches here. There's just so much to chew off that's going on around Tampa from the indie stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, the collective, the GCW stuff has got, I think, 12 shows over three days. And we'll we'll do a quick flip through that in a second. IWTV, Independent Wrestling TV, is doing their showcase with the likes of Beyond Wrestling and ICW and No Peace Underground and so on and so forth. I mean, there's just, a complete overwhelming amount of brilliant stuff that you can chew off isn't they
0: mhm yeah and there was there's a falling out between GCW and IWTV earlier this year and this is like one of the big results of it is now you have these two massive concurrent showcases of wrestling and some of the people like there's definitely some crossover between the shows but you're being exposed to different people between both of them like it's given that much more opportunity for people to come out uh either and kind of make a name or to do some kind of dream matches that maybe there wasn't breathing space for before.
1: I hadn't realized there'd been a, a falling out. That's an interesting tidbit because it's really now you've got you just said it, you've got now two massive groupings of lots of wrestling shows. Yeah. You have said in conversation before, if you're a fan in the town where Mania is, Tampa this year, it's almost like putting a Rubik's Cube together or a puzzle together, isn't it? That where can you get to from one show to the next it's like you know being at a music festival with like five stages and five of your favorite bands all playing at the same time or sort of in sequence to each other running around and trying to put the jigsaw together you know
0: yeah and it might even come down to who we're gonna see like who are you most excited to see and what pairing are you most excited to see them in type of thing like building that way yeah i don't even know how i would kind of <laughs> put that together <laughs>
1: Let's do a, a quick look at the, the collective stuff and, and some of the indie stuff going on. Again, there's there's 12 shows across the three nights, across Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. You've got the likes of Effie's Big Gay Brunch. You've got Planet Death. You've got Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl Shit. You've got the Acid Cup. You've got uh, Bloodsport 6, which has got one of the matches I'm interested in paying attention to. You've got Spring Break.
0: Do we mention uh, Jimmy Lloyd has a show for the culture? vxs which just had dr cube from kaiju big battle show up
1: there is just so much to to know isn't there? of those shows and again i certainly i just flipped through examples that are happening of those 12 shows what are you uh, what have you picked out as matches that you're uh, that intrigue you or you're looking forward to on the indies
0: so uh i'm looking forward to two matches in the acid cup especially uh lee morarity and treehouse lee will be incredible treehouse lee does some wild wild stuff if you haven't seen his stuff check him out because some of it is just yeah i don't even know how to explain um, like weird weird like twisting corkscrew leg drops and stuff and it yeah he's a lot of fun to watch <laughs> uh, and then aj gray versus spider nate webb will be super fun on that show i got in for the culture lee moriarty again against leo rush it's gonna be a great match And I think their main event on that show is Rich Swan versus Too Cold Scorpio, which is kind of like, it's almost like a fantasy booking from recently. And Scorpio is one of the all-time best. And I got like three more that I'm super excited for in this patch. All All the cards are like top to bottom great. Your Alley Cat Show, Lady Frost versus Edith Surreal. Who is the previously mentioned "Still Life with Apricots and Pears"? Yeah, she is now going by Edith Surreal. That match is going to be super fun. Lady Frost just had a match on AW Dark, so that's going to be a really great match. Edith Surreal has a bunch of matches. She has another match I'm super excited about for that weekend on IWTV. And then I think the show that looks the strongest is RSP Spring Break. Ricky Shane Page taking over Spring Break from Joy Janella. You got. Atticus Kogar versus Masada. Uh, Masada being one like, of the first big recent deathmatch guys I was aware of. The first person I ever saw with the like, barbecue skewers in his head mm, gosh. was Masada. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like that early kind of rebirth in the early 2010s, maybe. And then RSP versus Nick Gage for the championship is going to be incredible. But that show, top to bottom, the clusterfuck has been canceled, but we'll see if it's actually canceled. Um, but yeah, that's that's the show I'm looking most forward to. Uh, the Collective is Spring Break yet again. How about you? What are your standouts for The Collective?
1: Yeah, you uh, you definitely gave a shout out to one. You had encouraged me to take a look at formerly known as uh, Still Life with Apricot and Pears, now known as Edith Surreal. Uh, I had just been watching a bunch of her stuff on IWTV. So any of her matches, really, I, I had highlighted the Edith Surreal versus Lady Frost because I'd caught her on the AW Dark. Mm-hmm. Some kind of site to see that. There's another wrestler by the name of Erica Lee that I've started to pick up a little bit. Most notably, the match that Erica Lee just had with Edith Serial on the Cassandra Cup. That was great. So I'm kind of paying attention a little bit to her. I am quite excited to see the Josh Barnett, John Moxley match at Bloodsport 6. You know, just John Moxley doing his thing, right? I'm psyched for that. Alison Kay versus Masha Slamovich, I'm kind of psyched about. I, I dig Alison Kay quite a bit. I've highlighted Allison K over on Alley Cat Show as well for the match that she's got with Jordan Grace because she's super good. The RSB Spring Break Show, the Joey Janela versus Chris Dickinson, seems like it's going to be poised to be amazing to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And they're, uh, I think Chris Dickinson is essentially Joey Janela's personal trainer right now. So I'm sure they've been workshopping this for a while.
1: Oh, so promises to deliver big time if, if that plays out, right? Absolutely. To stick with Chris Dickinson, that violent sex suffering show brian cage versus chris dickinson oh yeah the tony depp and jack evans match looks amazing on that particular show i mean it's just a complete embarrassment of riches isn't it i could yeah. i could just go on reading names here and i'm and i'm getting jazzed thinking about it the acid cup stuff looks really good i, I i'm kind of psyched for the laredo kid Raiden lee match tony Deppen's there as well i i don't know cole radrick all that well but anything tony Deppen, i'm kind of psyched to tune into
0: yeah, Cole Radrick has been kind of slowly coming up over the last year. I've seen a few of his matches. That's going to be a super fun match. I think you're going to come out a Cole Radrick fan from that one.
1: I'm just spotting, looking at Bloodsport 6 again as well. Chris Dickinson's got a Shane Mercer match on there as well. That'll be amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that they're just pairing him up with other guys who are like freakishly strong. Yeah. Because Shane Mercer is wild.
1: Big time. Across that collective 12 shows, I think I'm going to have to book a week off work, honestly. <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, very much so.
1: Anything on the IWTV side of things? Uh, I I hadn't captured a lot of the matches from the IWTV showcase, but I I think you might have spotted some things that are worth shouting out and recommending.
0: So the the IWTV stuff is hard to get full cards for, but I was able to kind of piece together some of the stuff just kind of trolling through their Twitter account. No Holds Bar uh, icwnhb is running a show called Then and Now, which seems like there's going to be a lot of matchups of kind of past hardcore wrestlers and current. So like New Jack is booked for it. So kind of the the then and now match I'm excited for is Dan Math versus Kelvin Tankman. Another one just two two hosses just beating the shit out of each other. It's gonna be super fun. And then the flip side of it, uh Tony Deppen versus Daniel Garcia. That's gonna be an incredible match on that show. It's one that I definitely did not see coming being booked in an icw nhb show that's gonna be one of those ones where it's probably going to be pretty violent but it's also going to be more of like a, a wrestling match so that show that match on that show i'm excited about icw is also running a competition or a, a tournament for pit fighter uh, and an opening match is kevin Koo versus dom greeny so we got valences forever facing off in the first match or in the first bracket and there's two other ones Oh, three other ones that I think are going to be super, super fun on the IWTV side. So they're running two shows called Family Reunion. Oh, Beyond is running a show that's supposed to be kind of a throwback to their studio days, but I'm not sure what all the matches are. But watch Beyond. Like, Beyond is genuinely great consistently.
1: I've been catching a bit of their um, signature series stuff over the last couple of weeks. So, of course, I'm sure it will be in that vein If it's along those lines, there'll be some phenomenal matches.
0: Yeah, and if you want to know who's going to be... Who's going to be showing up in AW next year? Start watching Beyond now. Like so much of that talent is being pulled from Beyond. Just off to my head, like Chris Statlander, Max Caster, uh, Christian Casanova just got signed to NXT. DiJack, Keith Lee, like all these people who spent time in Beyond. I mean, Drew Cordero has has an eye for talent. So no matter who's on that, it's going to be great. Uh, so Family Reunion is the IWTV, like the showcase show. It's kind of a compilation of companies running kind of showcase matches so lee moriarty again is going to be defending the iwtv uh independent wrestling championship against edith surreal which will be yeah which will be incredible and then you have a six person tag match you've got boomer hatfield with boar formerly the proletariat boar of moldova and erica lee versus matt makowski Travis Huckabee, and a very good professional wrestler, formerly uh, Dasher Hatfield. So that's a very kind of Chikara six-way, or uh, six-person tag. It's unreal. I'm bringing back that boomer-dasher thing, father versus son. It's going to be great. And then, I don't know if you've seen this, I think this is one you're going to be the most surprised about. Uh, Southern Underground Pro is putting together a show, which uh, I think is Dom Garini's. Uh, promotion. Uh, the show is called "Have Fun, Be Sad," and the the match for that is balances Forever, Kevin Kuhn and Dam Greeny versus Finn Juice.
1: Oh wow!
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: who are they're the Impact Tag Team Champions at the moment, right?
0: I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when that one was announced, that was a lot of people like wait, what? Who's going to be there? How'd that happen? (laughs) So that's, that was kind of the surprise booking of that collective run or the uh, IWTV run.
1: I just have to stick with the phrase embarrassment of riches.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I said to to Matt, I'm so thankful that all of this IWTV stuff is just going to be there on VOD. Like I can, we can come back to that whenever.
1: Right. Spoil for choice. Absolutely. There's no way you're going to be able to take it all in in single sittings or live on air. Thank goodness for VOD, indeed.
0: And I'm even missing some of those IWTV shows, because that's not even mentioned Tony Deppin's Beerhouse show. So there's a few that I'm missing still.
1: So much to choose from. Safe to say, isn't it? What a phenomenal amount of wrestling to chip off mm. for, for Mania season.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah.
1: You know, if you are a wrestling fan who typically gravitates towards some of the bigger box products, and I certainly have been for a, for a majority of my fandom, we couldn't encourage you enough to take a look at some of the stuff going down on GCW, IWTV, et cetera, because as as you just said, Josh, if you want to know who's going to be in AEW next year, take a look at the indies. Beyond is churning it out. Wrestler by wrestler, aren't they? Well worth digging into some of that stuff. Safe to say, we uh, we covered a lot of stuff there. and I, I think I can speak for both of us. We're super psyched for Mania season, aren't we?
0: Absolutely, yeah. And to come back and see uh, if there's any matches that surprised us or anything that we come back and we're like... I told you this was one to watch, right?
1: Yeah, certainly. Preview to uh, episode five down the road, we are going to reflect on Mania season, given the amount that's going on, aren't we? So
0: mm-hmm.
1: the other preview that we've touched on as well, just to give a nod as we uh, as we bring this home, is we do have, again, the Interstate Wrestling Podcast is the fan podcast that was just too big to fit one episode for Mania season. So we do have a special bonus second episode dropping tomorrow. A little bit more off the uh, the beaten path, I suppose it's the interstate wrestling podcast uh, off road in a little bit. We're going to have some fun, <laughs> and we're uh, we're going to uh, have a special guest, aren't we? So, uh, with that said, Josh, you want to give a shout out to our socials and where people can join the conversation? Tell us what to watch. Check in with us.
0: Definitely, we are on Twitter at ISWrestlePod. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at ISWPMordecai. Uh, we want to, of course, thank alien trilogy for the use of their song michinoku driver for our opening and closing as i say all the time so lucky so thankful we ran across an incredible song that ties so well into the show
1: absolutely great song enjoy wrestlemania folks enjoy mania season yes gonna be lots to talk about enjoy we'll see you next time
0: see you later On michinoku. Driver.